Welcome to Madlet Musings, the podcast where we dive into the minds of authors, exploring the profound realms of faith, social issues, and the delightful world of entertainment. I'm your host, Jamie Jill Wright, and on this literary journey, you never quite know what you're going to get. Hey everyone, it is Jamie Jill Wright here at Madlet Musings podcast, and I have with me not just my radio voice this morning, which sounds really weird, but I have with me Erica Vetch, my buddy. How's it going? Ah, it's going great. Good. Going great. Good. Erica and I have this thing when we meet in person that we're not really huggy people, so we just mm. kind of like fist bump it. Yeah. And it works. Works really well yeah. for us. I like it. <laughs> now You're I've like known... a safe zone. Yeah, it is. It's a nice safe gel. It's it's good. Now we've known each other for quite a while. Yes. Um, the first time I met you, I don't know if we've talked about this before, was in 2009. That's going back a few. It's going back quite a few. And here's here's my interaction with Erica Vetch at the first time I met her. I walked into, I was at a conference, and a writer's, writer's conference, and I walked into a room, and there was an empty chair. And I was six months pregnant. And I don't know if that got your empathy or not. I'm not sure. But either way, I ended up in a chair next to you based on you kind of like giving me this like, hey, there's a chair mm-hmm. here kind of look, yes. you know, nice greeting. I sat down and we introduced ourselves and and then you said you're, you're, you were Erica Vetch and I just went, oh. And everything inside of me just kind of like melted into this puddle because I was like sitting next to an author that I had books on my bookshelf from, and I was, I, I, I was freaking out a little bit inside. I don't know if you know that. Oh, well, I'm, I'm flattered. <laughs> it's like you hit it. You hit it really well. I know. Um, I know. Well, yeah, I tried to, I tried to act cool and chill, you know, you also had really cool red fingernails. Oh yeah. I'm all about the fingernails. I've mm-hmm. got, um, Christmas oh, ones on right now. They look oh, like little peppermints. So cool. I love it. Yeah. Always about the nails. <laughs> but um, anyway, it was fun. It was fun. We got to meet and then we found out we don't live very far away from each other, just a couple hours. So we've had some writing gigs together at Starbucks yeah. and Caribou Coffee and all that fun stuff. So yeah. But you are now writing Regency. Yes. Which is made a big change. A big change from what you used to write, but it's been a good change, I think. Oh, thank you. I've enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I like both. Like I'm torn because I kind of want you to go back to some of your Westerns, mm. but I'm also really liking the Regencies that you're coming out with and they have mystery in them, which, you know, makes my little heart so happy. Yeah. But, oh, that writing mystery is the hardest thing I've ever done. Is it really? It really is. Writing romance, just, just a, a straight up romance with mm-hmm. maybe a little hint of mystery or danger. That's okay. But when you start writing a real whodunit, mm-hmm. you have to know where everybody is all the time and everybody has to be hiding a lie. That's, this is true. Yeah. Everyone's got a secret and you have to know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like one big confusing game of Clue. Yeah, what I wish was that writers today we could get away with the the sort of Agatha Christie twist at the end, mm-hmm. you know, where Poirot comes out and he's got a bit of information that nowhere is explained or even alluded to in the book, and he just drops right. it, and we're all like, "Oh, he's amazing," you know. Um, 
you can't do that now. You have to play fair with the reader so that when they go back and reread the story, mm -hmm. they can find where the possibility of the clue right. was mentioned at the very least. And right. um, I found that really challenging. It is challenging. You're not, you're not wrong. And the whole thing with like that Agatha Christie element is now in like, for her, that was writing genius. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we do it now, it's a writer's cop out. Like, Oh yeah. You just yeah, threw that in there so you could finish the mystery. Yeah. Um, you've been, you've been sitting on that information. Mm -hmm. If I had that information, I could have solved this on page two. Right. You know, we're not really allowed to do that. So no. um, Agatha still a writing genius. Yes. Um, but things have have changed you're not with wrong. how mysteries are supposed to be presented you're not wrong but okay so this is the book that that you have out right now is children of the shadows children of the shadows all right yeah. I've got copy of it there which is book three in a thorndike and swan mysteries that am i yes correct? thorndike okay. and swan regency mysteries i like it i like it so tell us a little bit about it and even like the trilogy as a whole um, the trilogy is actually, it, it was, it was meant to be in about 2009, when I was mm -hmm. thinking of story ideas, it was meant to be set in Gilded Age, New York. Really? Yes. But when I, made this, well, I made the switch to writing Regencies with Kriegel and they said, well, okay, what, what next for me? Okay. What do you have? And I said, I have this story idea. What if this young woman came home from finishing school to find that she comes from a long line of agents for the government, mm -hmm. right? And she gets to choose, are you going to follow in the family business or are you going to not? And they said, that sounds great. Can you put it in the Regency? And I was like, oh, well, some things will need to change. Um, <laughs> but yes, yes, I can do that. Uh, so that's where um, Thorndike and Swan got its start. Okay. Uh, was way back when. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, but it follows uh, in a little bit of a different twist on most Christian fiction series. Mm -hmm. Now it follows the same hero and heroine over three books. Yeah. Um, which you can do a little bit more in the mystery genre because each story is about solving the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And then their relationship takes a little step forward with each book. Right. Um, rather than having the books either related by a location or by mm -hmm. a family and mm -hmm. each book has a different hero and heroine. Mm -hmm. um, and so readers have been, um, they've been very receptive to that. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of nice because you get attached to the characters too. And then you're like you said with, it's kind of mm -hmm. like, um, well, your book are your books. I don't want to say they're like Miss Scarlet and the Duke. But it's that concept. They have been compared to that. Okay. It's it's like that mm -hmm. concept of the two people and every season you're fine that it's still the same two people because they're solving yes. new things and their relationship is always, there's a question mark kind of hanging and yeah. Yeah. Um, fortunately, but with doing a three book series, you kind of, there's, it, to me, it feels a little bit more organic and realistic to a relationship. Uh -huh. You know, because sometimes yeah. it's like, well, they, you know, meet, fall in love, get married in a, in a three week period, right. you know, because you're covering one book. Right. Um, but you also don't want to have that, um, that sort of, this is going to date me, that moonlighting moment, <laughs> right? Yeah. Where the whole thing is, will they, won't they, are they going to fall in love? Are they going to admit how they feel to each other? And then when they do, the series kind of goes a little flat. Right. 
Um, it right. takes some pretty pristine writing to carry that through, like mm -hmm. um, Anne Perry mm -hmm. with her Inspector Monk series. Mm -hmm. She managed that beautifully. They yeah. finally, from from squabbling cats, get to <laughs> a place where they they are in love and they're married, and the mysteries continue successfully. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think you can do that more with a mystery series, just because each book is a bit episodic, right. because you're just solving the puzzle, right? Um, and they don't have to make these giant leaps in their relationship. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So you you were coming up with this idea. It was supposed to be the Gilded Age then. And now we're in the Regency era. Um, what made you do the switch to the Regency era from not just with this book, but like from your books prior? Like if people look up your backlist, there's a lot of Western and historical. Yep. A lot of Westward expansion yes. through, I think, World War One is the mm -hmm. most recent that I that I wrote. Um, I was invited by Barber in one of their novella collections to write a Regency Okay. And I've always enjoyed reading Regency, mm -hmm. um, but I also was feeling a little tapped out on cowboy stories. Mm -hmm. I was looking for a new frontier and because I am a history geek, yeah, um, I am, I, I'm all about the history. This behind me is just my Regency research books, right? My, my cowboy books are over on the other wall. These are wow. just Regency. Um, I can't get enough of, of historical research. Okay. I was looking for something that would really challenge me research wise. And I, I felt like I had two paths that I could go down. One mm -hmm. was civil war, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If you want to write civil war, you have to know your stuff Yes, because there are a lot of civil war experts out there. Yes. And I love the civil war. It would, it would fit, um, more what my brand was at the time. Mm -hmm. But we were also delving into um, maybe a more delicate mm -hmm. readership when it comes to the Civil War, mm -hmm. right? There were a lot of issues <clears throat> that were coming up in today's society that could make that more risky, right? right? right. How could I truly write about um, maybe it being an enslaved person in the mm -hmm. South in a book when mm -hmm. clearly I'm not experiencing any of that in my right. life. And so, right. I, you know, I, as much as I loved it, I felt like maybe that it now wasn't the time for me to launch myself into that. Right. Um, right. And the other was Regency. Uh, and I went to uh, my dear Minnesota fellow writer friend, Julie Clausen, and I said, I'm thinking about jumping into the Regency. Do you have any advice? <laughs> and she said, get your research right. Yeah. Because Regency readers are very loyal and they're very knowledgeable and they are very passionate. Mm -hmm. So if if you take some literary license um, because you didn't do your homework, they're going to let you know. They're going to call you um, out. <laughs> so I was like, well, okay. If you're, If the call is to do research, I'm there. Right. Yeah, I know, because that's like, that's like telling a mountain climber to go climb a mountain. Yeah. Like, oh, like, you tell me. I'm like, Ugh. and they're like, yes. Yeah. I'm like, let's go. I'm in. Okay. Yeah. So um, jumping into the Regency, one of the things that I have found is my friend is, uh, well, actually two things, and, and they both came from fellow writer friends advice. One is the author note. Mm. 
So in the back of my books, I have an author note. And in the, the Thorndike and Swan series, I have a Bow Street investigator, the, the first right. metropolitan police force. Mm -hmm. In my author note, I mentioned, I accelerate the abilities of the Bow Street runners for the sake of the story, mm -hmm. right? They mm -hmm. did not have as much capability as I give them in the story. Mm -hmm. But if I wrote it the way that it was, you would think they were Keystone cops. You know, right. they had very little authority and there were six men to cover basically all of England. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, the other thing is I put a bibliography in the backs of my books now. I like that. I really if like that. If you're interested in the topics that are in the book, here are some books you might enjoy. Yes. Since I've started putting that in the backs of my books, I have not had one reviewer say, well, clearly she never does any research. Ooh. So yeah, you probably weren't expecting helps. that when you add, you're trying no, to I, share some information and you're like, yeah, I just saved me. Yeah. So um, I get to use some of my yeah. extensive library here uh -huh. and uh, help people who also are interested in the era. Mm -hmm. And it also does show that you, you've done your homework. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I, I never use books I don't own. Okay. I have a physical copy of the book if I'm going to put it in that bibliography. Yeah. That's fair. Um, so that if somebody says, well, you know, what page did you find that on? I'm like, there it is right there. Yeah. So, yeah. There's something about owning research books too, though, because oh, yeah. I've had people say, why don't you just go to the library? Cause I'll like get a pile of books in the mail. Um, mm -hmm. okay. Let me rephrase that. My husband will be like, but I'm like, yeah. I need them and I need to be surrounded by my people and, mm -hmm. and the books are my people. Well, and, and I rarely read a research book front to back. Okay. Right. It's usually on a specific topic. So I have things like carriages in London, or, or I have medicine in right. the Regency or something. And so if I'm looking for something specific, I can dip into it and find the right. place mm -hmm. and I flag them with post-its. Yep. And any, any research books, I see your cart behind you. Um, I yes. have the same cart in black right back here. Yes. And it's empty right now because um, I've turned in my novel. Uh -huh. But any books that I use for my research during that time go in that cart mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. I can find them again. Yes. And then go through it for my bibliography. Yep. Uh -huh. That was my intention. Um, but now it has become, the, at least the top oh, layer has become the cat tree. The cat space. Yes. He's That's legit hiding now but yeah I was like dude that was not the intention when I got this at all he's like thanks for the new bed I know I know like I could barely get the thing put together and he was in it I'm not even joking and I'm like oh no no oh, that's great it's his now I tried I tried to kick him out and put things in it and he literally was push you know how cats are they push oh yeah just push it off the edge of the world so I gave up so anyway that was that was a, a yeah. rabbit trail but yes I love that idea and I love the research elements of having those books within reach and then mm -hmm. i'm the same way too with my research books like i have a book on poisons shock oh um, yes me too i i was probably the same one i think it is the is black it the, with the really yes, pretty yes, flowers the really yes. Pretty flowers. yes. <laughs> the pages inside are really pretty too yes, um but are. yeah it's not like i read it back to front i'm looking you know yeah. go through and find something that fits what i'm looking mm -hmm. for or mm -hmm. if i'm not sure what i'm looking for then i might do some more exploring although that one i will yeah. say i've read more of because the inside pages are so because it's interesting it is mm -hmm. it really is those kind of books show up at my house like um on the same day i got a book on um police procedurals 
and um, a book on poisons. Mm-hmm. And my husband's like, should I be worried? <laughs> These look suspicious. I'm like, yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, no, no one will ever catch me. You just need to be worried when the book How to Kill Your Husband for Dummies comes. Then, there you then, go. Then you can there you go. Where to bury the body. <laughs> Where to bury the body, exactly. <laughs> I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about crime writing and, you know, body burying and all that kind of stuff. And, and my daughter's sitting at the table and just... Cause she's so pan faced and straightforward. Like her father, you don't mm-hmm. know how to take her sometimes. And she just goes, yeah, she says, I've got it all planned out. I know what I'm going to do if I need to bury a body. And she just put a period on the okay. end of the sentence and went back to her coffee. And I'm like <laughs> looking at her and, and the other person's like, she is your daughter. I'd be like, like, well, now I, I need to know. Can we expand on this a little bit? This is fictionalized, correct? Like, mm-hmm. You're yeah. speaking in fiction terms, right, child? You're, you're going to have to flesh this out a little. Yes, yes. We, we have her in counseling and, and stuff. No, mm-hmm. no I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, children and spouses of writers, that's a legit expense. Oh, it is. It is. My husband said to me once, he goes, I'm starting to understand all the stories of the troubled minds of artists now that I'm married to one. Mm-hmm. It's a fine line. It is. It is. Between creative and crazy. <laughs> I own it too. I'm like, yeah, hey, I was going to say, I kind of wobble on both sides of that one. Exactly. And then if, you know, people are starting to raise their eyebrow, you just like, oh, oh I'm a writer. And they're like, oh, oh okay. Got it. Got yeah. It. But without the family though, my family is so supportive of what Same. I do. Same. In fact, tomorrow, um, tomorrow afternoon, Heather and I will be plotting the next book in the second book in a new series. Oh, I love it. Um, she is my plotting partner because she has an amazing ability to pull on a plot thread to see what will unravel. Ooh, or that's a if gift. I, it is. And that if is... I explain something to her and she doesn't understand, she'll say, I don't know your character well enough. Tell me about. And then I'm like, oh, I need to expand on that. Um, and she never gets offended if I don't use her ideas. That's key. That is that's the bare minimum for a brainstorming partner yes you can't um, be offended if get offended yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. so um yeah she's great and i i've plotted probably my last 20 stories with her so awesome yeah so we have a whiteboard some post-its and a story and you go to by the end of the day we figured it out so that's tomorrow yay can i come be a fly on the wall that would be great I would love to be a fly that on the wall. That would be great. That would be. You know, fun. maybe we should we should do the meetup in the middle. We should again. You bring Chloe. I'll bring Heather, and Perfect. and we can plot novels. That would be really fun. And Chloe can tell me where how she's going to bury that body. Yeah. Oh, she'll tell you. She's got it all planned out. It's kind of creepy. I'm like, maybe she's going to be a, a television crime show writer someday. Either that or a detective or something. I mean, she's that personality yeah. type where she's not the creative that's going to write. But mm. she's going to dig because she's intrigued, mm. if that makes sense. Well, there you go. Maybe she's yeah. maybe she's a, a budding detective. She could be. I'm all right with that. Mm. That'll be fun. That would be cool. All right. So Children of the Shadows, though. Why mm-hmm. is it called Children of the Shadows? Are there children hiding in the shadows? Um, there are children <laughs> that are being abducted, actually. Oh. Street children um, off the streets of London. Okay. Sadly, at this point in, in London's history, there were a lot of... Um, indigent children yeah orphan and indigent children and they were making their living with jobs such as crossing sweepers mm. um, bird seed sales 
uh, match stick girls, match stick girls um, yeah. uh, chimney sweeps, um, pub boys. So they would work at an inn or a pub and they were the errand boy. They, they yeah. would shine the patrons boots and have them outside their door. Oh. Um, just a, wherever they could make a living, they tended to um, sort of Oliver twist, like uh, mm -hmm. form gangs for their own protection and to form their own families. Yeah. But the, the sad thing too, was if one of them went missing, nobody really noticed or cared. Mm -hmm. um, and so bringing that, the plight of these kids to life yeah. in this story um, and, and those who did care trying to help them awesome. um, is a, is a core part of the story. Yeah, that's good. That's always a hard part of that era uh, in history, but it's interesting too, because it really sort of brings an awareness. Like every generation yeah. has had situations with children that are just mm -hmm. floundering, homeless, unwanted, yeah etc or just any there's every every era a generation and locale has people at risk yeah absolutely yeah um, yeah so children go missing and then i'm assuming our our beautiful heroine and handsome detective decide to or bull street runner sorry mm -hmm. uh decide to go in and figure out where they're going yeah um and their their missions are sort of intertwined because our hero is trying to solve a murder Ah, okay. And um, what they find is that the missing street children and his murder have some connection. Okay. I like that. So, ooh, ooh. <clears throat> I, I'm still yeah. working on book one. I Now I have to read it faster to get to this one. So I have yeah. one in the middle. Actually, I don't want to read it faster, though, because I love to just like, I don't know, digest it. That sounds gross. Mm, but I just like things. to, yes, savor <laughs> Yes. Saver sounds a little better than digesting. Aren't you glad we get to edit our work? Yes. Yes. I'm very glad we get to edit our work. <laughs> Probably one of the biggest challenges, in addition to writing a mystery, is mm -hmm. that though this is the third book in the Thorndike and Swan mystery series, mm -hmm. all of my Regency stories are, they take place, I call it the Haverly universe. Okay. Um, it takes place in the same group of people ah. and so we have characters that are reoccurring from my first book the lost mm -hmm. lieutenant mm -hmm. so we're now this is children of the shadows is book seven i've written okay. book eight i'm going to be plotting book nine book 10 will be coming and then there's a novella collection oh fun. and then i believe another three book series after that and they will all be sort of spin-offs got it of one another so I have the largest story compendium you've ever seen. Yeah, I would it say. Is page, it's, a, it's a searchable database. Yeah. But what's really fun is I had a dressmaker shop in um, the second book, The okay. Gentleman's Spy. And in the book that, that I just turned in, I needed the heroine of that book to go to a dressmaker shop. Mm -hmm. And I brought it back around to that same one. So well, it, it makes it feel um, like more of a real world. Yeah. You know, because you, you shop at the same grocery store and you, right. you know, visit right. the same bookstore and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it also gives these little Easter eggs yeah. to reward faithful readers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'm not trying to create an entire new world with each book. Right. Um, right. But you do have to track those details. Yes. yes. So 
Um, I have uh, a story in, in the industry. Sometimes it's called a story Bible, but mm-hmm. I am not a fan of that term. No. Um, so I call mine either the story index or a story compendium when I'm feeling fancy. I was going to say compendium is a big, a big word. Yeah. I was going to change um, that. <laughs> but I, I, um, I track every scene. I put a summary of every scene. Okay. Uh, and then the next page is characters, the first page that they appear on. Oh. And then okay. a character description. And then um, maybe what books that they're going to show up in. Wow. And then I have a page of, I call them utility characters. Because in the Regency, you have a lot of unnamed mm-hmm. characters. So you have footmen and you have pages and you right. have ladies maids and you have coachmen and things like that. Um, and when they, if they get a name in another book, okay. or I can go back and say, yes, I did have a, a butler, mm-hmm. you know, in this house. And he was described as, you know, old with white hair. Well, he needs to be consistent. Right. Um, I have a page of objects, which got a real workout with the debutantes code because oh, of yeah. all of the artwork pieces. Right. Um, trying to keep track of those. I have a page of animals. So I have horses, dogs, all of that. Um, it is, it's a lot to track. No um, kidding. But, but having a searchable database, I can go back and I'm yeah. like, okay, sh- how old was this baby when I wrote this book? You know, and oh. what age will he be in this book? I, went, I didn't even think about that. Because yeah, you got yeah. characters aging. Yes. Oh, jeez. I know. And this is why I don't write what you write. Because my brain would explode. Um, well, I wish that I would have started it with the first book, this compendium. Oh, Um, okay. So actually this last summer, Heather helped me update it. I had style sheets for each book um, that I would turn in with my edits, Mm -hmm. um, just to help out the editor, Mm -hmm. but I had not compiled them all in one place. So we were moving all of that stuff into the spreadsheet and that took, I think we spent, it was a day per book, an afternoon for each book, um, just at various times during the summer. Um, wow. Which it was, it was not bad because I was also writing yeah. a book Yeah, and I could remember, I was refreshing I was my memory say everything refreshing. that came before. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I wasn't so. sad about it, but yeah, it's easier to keep up now. That oh, I would imagine. Started. <laughs> having to go back. And I had a reader who uh, gloriously jumped up to help me because I realized I needed something that listed all the names that I've used in Mm. books. Yes. Because you start realizing after 10 books that what names have I used? What haven't I used? Well, I'm finding that difficult in the, in the Regency period because it was such a short period of time. And because Mm. the aristocracy, which I'm mostly writing about, was quite small right there are so many janes and Anne's and charlotte's and mary's and elizabeth they did not yeah they did not venture out much when it came to names no so i'm using them all (laughs) multiple times (laughs) yes oh oh and then you can start using combinations mary elizabeth Mm -hmm. mary jane mary charlotte (laughs) yes yes beatrice beatrice i think is another one isn't it if it's not, yes. it should be. Okay. Yes. I'm not sure I haven't why used that one yet, but it's go. entirely possible it's coming. All right. Well, yeah, exactly. When you've got mm-hmm. a limited amount. Yeah. It'd be kind of weird if you use like, you know, Nevaeh or something. 
Yeah, you you can't use an anachronistic name, but the men are no different. William, Charles, George, and Henry. You're so right. That's, they were naming them all of, you know. Were they just like not interested in names or was it just because the names had specific ties to royalty and all the different Um, aristocracy? A lot, it was continuing the aristocratic line. Okay. Right, because the heir, they, they would name them, give them a family name. That makes so, sense. Yeah, makes sense. All right. And they were fashionable names. You know, you don't get a lot of Skylers in the regions. No Sierras. No Sierra. Uh, um, nope. Uh, you you can find Chloe, but you can't find oh. Heather. Mm. Which is interesting because yeah. Heather would seem very English to me. Yeah, but at the or time Celtic. it was a weed. <laughs> so yeah. well. There you a go. Bit like naming naming your child sunflower, or dandelion. There's dandelion. a new one for you. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I should do that in one of my books. That'd really mess people up. Dandelion. That would be great. Maybe have a hippie named Dandelion. Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, now my brain's going. Okay, well, you and I can talk for like eons, but at some point, the podcast <laughs> listeners go, "I'm done." Click off. Yeah. So we should probably <laughs> sign off here. But if readers want to find out more about you your regency and all the books that you have where should they go what do you want to tell us you can find me at ericavetch.com where i'll have all the latest books there is also a a printable download of my book list going back to the beginning Mm -hmm. um if you want to find me online most of the time you're going to find me in a facebook group called the inspirational regency readers Mm mm-hmm and that is a group that is focused on inspirational and clean Regency reads. We talk about T and Jane Austen, and um, we get up to a lot of fun. There's at least one post every day. Yeah. Um, and that is in cooperation with authors Michelle Greep and Julie Clausen. Mm-hmm. So we're always looking for new friends there. Yeah. I'm on Instagram um, at Erica Vetch. Fortunately, I have kind of an unusual name. So yeah. uh, it's just my name. It's, it's easier to find. It you is. Don't have like little dots and underlines and underscores. No, and I don't need any it. numbers or even right. author by my name. So Right, exactly. Um, awesome. Yeah, so that's mostly where you can find me. All right, sounds good. Well, thanks for being here. This was a blast and um, we'll have to definitely keep it up and do it again. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for joining Madlit Musings, where every conversation is a journey and every book is a new adventure. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast player or check us out on YouTube. And let's explore the fascinating intersection of faith, society, and storytelling together. Mm-hmm.